0: A very, very special uh, edition here of the Joel Natalie Show, and uh, I'm gratified, uh, and I'm going to try to keep it together today uh, as I'm here with friends, uh, uh, Pastor James DeMont, Pamela DeMont, and uh, it's our miracle show. We're talking about death to life. We're talking about um, uh, situations on this planet that no... That hope was very, very rare, yeah, a very rare commodity, yes. yet hope was still there, and uh, uh God achieved amazing things and yes. so yes. let's 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 start with your stories, okay, so uh y'all uh are not from here no. uh you, you grew up in maine in right maine. all right yep. so t- 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 tell a a little bit about your growing up, going into the service, and all that stuff, Jim.
1: Well, I, you know, I grew up in Maine, and uh, uh, like a lot of us, you know, we had our plan for what our future was going to be. And uh, before going to college, I spent four years in the Coast Guard, and then when I got out, I enrolled at University of Maine to get a degree in geology, and that's what I was going to do.
0: You are going to be a rock man.
1: Yeah, I was, <laughs> until I found the real rock. <laughs> And it changed everything.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. It changed
1: everything, and uh, that was through that uh, that period of our life. Uh, God put Pam and I together. I had a very dramatic conversion experience.
0: Uh, so later on, I mean, like uh, you were what twenty something, or I was in my
1: I was in my twenties. I must yeah. have been twenty three or so. And actually, I talked with someone from CBN and i was telling him a little bit about our story because i actually um, was baptized on easter weekend in ithaca new york at a place called love Inn.
0: i remember that and i love in place I, yeah. I talked with a producer
1: at uh, cbn and he said to me he said well i just talked with scott ross and oh, phil Keggy last yes. week <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, cuz i yeah, that's This is another story. Right. I had gone out to New York to save Pam from the religious fanatics.
0: <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs>
1: and I had a very dramatic conversion wow. experience. And anyway, we went out to Love in and I was water baptized out there. And uh, about a year later, we were married. And um, God had done such a dramatic thing in our life that we just knew that, we didn't know any pathway to ministry. We mm-hmm. really didn't understand a whole lot of it uh, at that time. All we knew that was that we had a very dramatic encounter with God on, the, on a dorm room floor wow. in Ithaca, New York. And it changed our life forever. And so there was something that was different in our lives. God had given me a vision of, uh, of multitudes of people. And he said that's the fate of people that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So that was, that was lying deep within our hearts. And um, to make a long story short, we ended up going to a Bible school out in Oklahoma. And while we were there, uh, Pam and I had said, you know, we're going to not tell each other what God speaks to us about what our next step is we're going to pray and then we'll sit down and we'll talk about where we're going to go after we graduate two years from now so that's exactly what we did and about six months before it was time for us to graduate we sat down and i said well you go first pam (laughs) and and she said well all i know is it's somewhere in pennsylvania and, mm-hmm. and neither one of you were from Pennsylvania. Never
2: been here.
1: Never been here before.
2: This is our mission field. This is where God called us. And we were determined to be faithful to the assignment that he gave us and to do it with all our hearts.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It's been 37 years Yeah, we've wow. been in Erie. Wow.
1: So we didn't, we, didn't, uh, we didn't talk about it at all because we yeah. really wanted to keep it pure. We didn't want to get it uh, mm-hmm. messed up. And so we sat down, and Pam said, well, I just know it's somewhere in Pennsylvania. And while we were, while I was in school in Oklahoma, I worked for a company called Stratasearch, and they analyze uh, seismic data. And I had a lot of time at night to run computers. And God had spoken to me one night, and he said, when you finish school, I want you to move to Erie, become established, and build a great church. And I didn't know where Erie
2: was. (laughs) We had to look it up on the map.
1: (laughs) We had to look it up up on the map. And it's literally what we did. And and I just want to say I'm so grateful for this woman because I'm writing a book uh, telling some of these stories. And I'm going, my God, I can't believe (laughs) because what I'm about to tell you is when we moved here, we lived in a tent on Walnut Creek where Cassidy's Campground used wow. to be. People that are longstanding Erie residents will remember. But we lived in a tent on that, in that campground. The first night in town, uh, our son was about two and a half years old, and uh, we thought, you know, this is nice. We're going to camp out by the stream. Well, we were pretty close to the stream, and as it's wont to do in Erie, we got a gusher. Oh, we got a downpour oh, that night. Wow. And uh, it rained all night long. Water was coming underneath of the tent, and uh, we, we held the tent up. We ended up holding the tent up with our hands most of the night as water was gushing underneath. Woke up the next morning and looked down, and it was like we were at the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It had really come up.
2: Our yeah. son floated all night long oh. asleep on the air mattress.
0: <laughs> I, I'm amazed that you were there with with uh, Justin, with the little yeah. one, too. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, he yeah. thought
1: he was Davy Crockett because <laughs> that's, we had uh, we had come to Erie via San Antonio, okay. Texas, and uh, we had gone to the Alamo, and he thought, this is cool, you know. <laughs> right. But
2: uh, we just had a passion for the Lord, and... There were no such things as church plant fundings. There's none of that. You just go and you obey. And we have watched God do the most amazing things. So that
0: year was what? That was 1981
1: when we came to Erie.
0: And uh, the the church that became uh, uh, Erie Christian Fellowship, what date did you kind of... Launch that, that first service?
1: That was uh, July 9, 1989. And I realized,
0: wow.
1: Yeah, I realized today, actually, this being Good Friday, I was actually doing my study and I was in Leviticus and I realized that the seventh month on the 10th day of the month is the great day of atonement.
3: Mm.
1: (laughs) And I realized, you know, we didn't plan it that way, but because it started on the sabbath of the of the ninth into the 10th but um but yeah but before we planted that church god used us we were instrumental in f- the founding of grace fellowship mm-hmm. in erie and then grace fellowship in titusville pennsylvania right.
0: and, and then pam you had started the, the 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 bookstore yeah at somewhere in that time mm-hmm. period as well right
2: yeah we wanted to bring good resources to mm-hmm. to erie county and and that was, thank God, before the day of the Internet where it mm-hmm. changed retail. And we, we started out with a little $100 of inventory and just turned it over. and
1: Literally. I gave, mm-hmm. I gave Pam. We had, we, we had what we call prayer and healing school. And by faith, we stepped out and rented 837 West 38th yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. And I gave Pam $100, and she plowed it back. We that
2: ended inventory. up selling six million dollars worth, worth of,
0: of in, uh, over books, the years, yeah. wow. Bibles,
2: and and it was just really
0: incredible,
2: really amazing. And then there was a. I always
0: heard the story of of when you started the bookstore was kind of like the first ten yeah. feet of the of the <laughs> space, exactly. and the whole back space was like for your. Prayer meetings and things, yeah, like right? Yeah. And then, as as the inventory grew, the wall kept moving to the <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. and then you kicked them out. Yeah,
3: I kicked them <laughs> out.
0: Well, which which and then takes, the church started. <laughs> then the church started right in '89. Well, well, which takes us to
1: that place, yeah. because when we started the church in '89, I had been out of work uh, because behind the scene I had worked at GE, mm. and uh, when we started. Um, I signed a lease, and then I came back to the store, and I told Pam, and Pam had said, well, you know, they just called you. They want you to come back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And we said, no, No. we we
1: burnt
0: that bridge. Draw a
2: line in the sand and serve God with all our heart.
0: All right, so we 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 could really go, go deep. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta yeah. we gotta jump forward. So the church started in '89, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, at what point? Uh, and you were at that point. You were meeting at the Montessori school, right? That's correct. On right. Stairtania, yeah. And that's when I met you. Yeah. Um, back then, both of you, between the, the store and the in the in the church there. Uh, and then uh, you broke ground, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, right? In uh, up on uh, Stur- 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 yeah, in, in
1: 1995, we broke ground for our first phase.
0: Okay, was that early? Okay, yep. gotcha. Uh-huh. Wow, and
1: then in 2005, 10 years later, we put up the an additional 30,000 square feet
0: Incredible. of space. That's really amazing that you went from 89 yep. renting space that you that you. We're able to get land in a building yeah. in six years. Well, that's,
2: there's, that's a whole incredible it's, it's story. It's, incredible. it's okay. an amazing yeah. story. Yeah. It's a God thing.
0: All right. So fast forward. Okay. So you're you're rocking and rolling ministry. Yeah. You start a Christian school, Leadership mm-hmm. Christian Academy. Yeah. You know, uh, people are people are being uh, uplifted in the faith. Um, but you're you're getting older, mm-hmm. and at some point, when did you start thinking about secession?
1: Um. I don't know.
0: Transition. Transition. Bit. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Transition.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> retirement. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, because that's the about thing.
2: five years ago, we started Yeah. It. Okay. Uh, you started pe- thinking about it. Yeah. People say,
1: well, how's retirement? Well, we're not retired. We transition. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, about five years ago, we started realizing that, you know, we are getting older mm-hmm. and uh, not that we're old, but uh, we just. You know, to thinking about the good of the church, yeah, and and being uh, the next generation and and tying things up appropriately for yeah. them. So so we began to talk about it then, and made more sp- specific plans uh, because God had brought uh, to us uh, just an amazing couple, and um, so. Actually, last uh, September, we had gone up to Maine, and we were going to make a formal announcement, because our board and our, our staff knew that this transition was imminent, but we were going to make that formal announcement when we came back on October the 8th, but
0: Something else so, happened. Something else okay, happened. Okay, so you're hanging out in Maine. This is vacation. It's You're, fam- you're with family, right? Mm-hmm. You're with your sisters and yep. and your family. Um, you're with your folks. hmm and, and what day was it, Pam?
2: It was Monday, September 24th, and it was a beautiful day. And uh, he dinner was almost ready. I was cooking dinner.
0: And, and just as a preference... I mean, you, you you worked out, you, you do a lot yeah. of walking, you, you, you stay physically fit, you're yes. not, you haven't gone to pot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a fine physical
1: specimen.
2: <laughs>
0: If I say so myself,
2: I said that one time, and he's just picked up on that and hey, that. This, this is
0: not a place for fake news, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. So September twenty fourth is a yeah. Monday. Dinner's on the stove. <clears throat> What does he tell you?
2: Well, he says, when's dinner going to be ready? And I said, oh, about 20 minutes. It was a beautiful day. He says, well, I'm just going to go out for just a little walk outside while we wait for dinner. And he walks out and he's I see him go jogging a lot. I never think about him being gone for athletic purposes. Didn't think anything of it. And I'm standing there at the stove and I'm dinner's almost ready. And I knew something was terribly wrong. I didn't hear the sirens. I didn't hear the ambulances. I didn't hear anything. I just knew. And I looked at this meal. If that I could was,
1: just interject something. Pam spends a lot of time in prayer, mm-hmm. you know, w- wanting to discern God's voice. So that's a that's a real critical thing. And I'm yeah. so glad yeah. That yeah. She,
0: yeah. she did yeah. that. That spirit sensitivity.
2: Because... It, it was a life changer, this whole thing, by, by listening to him and obeying. And it was a big decision for me because I knew I had to go. But his sweet mother was 91, dealing with Alzheimer's. And she you had to protect the food from her helping because she would come in there and just do things that you wouldn't want mm-hmm. done to the food. And I looked at this meal and I thought, if she ruins it. She ruins it. I got to go. So I pulled the knobs off the stove. I covered everything, hid whatever I could hide. And I went out that door. And then I went down the hill and he was being worked on by six uh, uh, emergency people, two ambulances. And he had died and he was dead on the road. And
0: um, Hold on just a second. So, so do you remember anything leaving the house no
2: i don't remember
1: driving up to maine
0: okay so th- because of the injury mm-hmm. there's a lot that's gone uh, from that episode for you anyway at least that portion yeah. of you the know,
1: going up there and you know i mean okay. I'm, my memory and everything is is
0: intact right it's part of the miracle exactly he, he
2: only lost six weeks of memory okay a month prior and two weeks after
0: wasn't that something
2: that's all you lost out of this
0: all right so you you arrive at the scene and uh maybe a little bit of the backstory how did all those people come to to work on jim
2: they were just strangers and neighbors at that pulled up there was a single mom first of all she came first on the scene she parked her car to protect him because he was in the middle of the road that no man, nobody would hurt him. And then another neighbor came and there were two women and neither one of them knew CPR. And so when 9 said, turn him over <clears throat> and when they turned him over, these two women, these two strangers, he was purple. He was, he was gurgling. He wasn't, there was nothing there. And, A third neighbor came by, and he had learned CPR like 25 years ago. He was a big guy, and he started doing CPR on this complete stranger. And um, emergency services showed up, and this guy worked really hard, but there was nothing there to give any indication that it was successful. And and honestly, everybody thought he got hit by a car because he was right in the middle of the road. It made no sense why this healthy man was in the middle of the road. And so the paramedics and the ambulances came and they were working very hard to get his heart started again and his breath started. So he was without a heartbeat and breath for eight to 13 minutes. It could be A little bit less, it could be a little bit more. But we've narrowed it down to that. And so when I get there, he's gone. And he's this healthy, strong man, and then he's dead on the road. And it was the worst shock, the worst moment of my whole life. And I looked down at him, and all I could do was I just, I've walked with Jesus my whole life. He's my dearest, dearest friend. I just curled up within him and just like, Jesus. And I felt like the widow in Luke 7 where her son had died and there was compassion. Jesus had compassion and raised the son. I felt the compassion of Jesus like I had never felt it before. It was it was tangible. And the Bible says to call for the elders of the church. Mm-hmm. And it was a shock. I mean, there was things I need, what could you do? But I, it was like the Lord led me and I picked up the phone and I called our board member, our elder of our church, who'd been with us for 30 years. Yeah. He's the only person I called. I mean, in the midst of struggles, I picked up the person I knew who would pray. And Jim had been gone. He's dead. His eyes were like glass. They were yellow and red and fixed. He was purple. He was gone. And when I called our board member, he a spirit of faith rose up within him and he said, he will live and he will not die. And it, it was like life to me. And I just took a hold of that and just rested in the presence of God and just hung on to that life, that, that word. And
1: it's such a critical thing and so much we appreciate paul
2: yeah, yeah. because
1: uh, he has been with us for many years yeah. and he has been through uh, he has an amazing testimony himself mm-hmm. in regard to how god has healed his heart so
2: wow. that it's, was the
1: right person for he, her
0: to, yeah
2: and in 10 minutes to. paul and our our pastor jason they called a prayer meeting yes and in 10 minutes and it says that now at five o'clock People dropped what they were doing, left their dinners at the table, left work. And then just like that, a hundred people showed up and they prayed for three hours and they interceded and they would not be denied the life of their pastor. And that, and they were praying in faith. It wasn't my prayer because I didn't have a prayer. Yeah. I was in total shock. Mm-hmm. And And for three and a half hours, I thought he was gone. They wouldn't let me see him. I couldn't go in to see him. And I thought he was dead. And when Paul said he would live and not die, I hung on to that. And I thought, I'm not telling Paul he's already dead. Yeah. I'm not going to interrupt him. I'm going to. The, there was a spirit of faith that rose up within him, and for three hours. And people say, "Where did you this miracle come from?" It is. It was the church; they would not be denied their pastor. And so, I uh, finally get to see him. And so he goes from being dead to brain dead. He they barely had a breath. He was hooked up with electrodes and wires they put him in an ice suit to put, chill him down to put him into a coma and they thought he was brain dead and in all of this time people said what'd you do i said the only thing i could do and i i couldn't solve any problems it was no good talking about it that just ruined your faith yeah i needed to keep my heart right and I just curled up with Jesus. And the way that I describe it is I felt completely helpless, like a little snail. And I, and, the, and the snail is soft body, but it has a hard shell. Yeah. And when it's in trouble, what's it do? It curls up into the hard shell and slaps the door, just shuts the door. That's what I did. I curled up into the arms of my dearest friend, Jesus, and shut the door. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there. I had my, uh, there's so many streaming things now. Right. I just had worship and praise music going, and that's where I was for six days. Wow. Six days. And it in the middle of it, in, it, on the Wednesday, he was supposed to wake up 36 hours later, and he didn't wake up for six days. But about the third day, I had a victory list, a victory song. It was three in the morning. And... I had picked for the this whole thing the song Christian DeMarco's "It Is Well." Mm. That was my theme. Our church picked it at the same time. Didn't know we're gonna have this. This is our song. At three in the morning, I'm standing there. I'm worshiping God, and that song is on my victory list. And his leg moves. Oh my! And he looks at me, and I. He finally turned his face to me. And I spoke. You will live and not die in Jesus' name. You are you are alive. You're not dead. It is well with your soul in my soul. And so, he went from being dead to brain dead. To he his eyes opened up a little bit, but he didn't respond to pain. And they kept trying to inflict pain on him to get him to respond. And on the sixth morning, the doctor came in the intensive care doctor and he said he has failed every test um your husband is brain damaged and we're gonna have to do some alternative things and that was 7 30 in the morning and at 10 o'clock our four little grandchildren came in and they had prayed for him the night before and they came in to say goodbye and to pray for him again and they began to sing a little song that they made up themselves. They're, these four little kids made up the song and sang it to themselves. It wasn't a Christian victory song. It was just their own little song. But we would all sing it to each other. And they started singing it to him. And on 10 o'clock on day six, that, those little voices, he heard it. And he pushed through that coma threshold. And he was awake and. And alert, and alive, coherent, and the nurses and the doctors all came streaming in, and they said, "We've never seen anything like this. It was so astounding." They called him, the the Golden Boy of ICU. Mm. When nurses and doctors have tears in their eyes, yeah, you know,
0: when 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 a doctor who's seen everything, yeah, is is broken down, yeah, they've. This is something new.
2: This is, yes. Mm-hmm. And they said, we have never seen this before. And now there were 16 doctors involved with his care. Every one of them were awed. You could see the respect because they knew I was a Christian. Yeah. They knew I was a believer. Mm-hmm. And part of this is we had made a, a vow long ago that Jesus, he, his word is true. And and we, we vowed that we would rather die believing God in, in faith than to die in doubt and unbelief. We're all going to die someday. And, and we did not want to die believing and getting into heaven and say, Jesus, we didn't think you could take care of this. We, you, we don't want to die in doubt and unbelief. And on that second day when he was brain dead, supposedly brain dead. I stood over him and I made that declaration. We will stand. I would rather die believing in faith than to die in doubt and unbelief. And I made that declaration. We're going to stand with everything we have and we're going to stand in your presence. And the hospital staff all knew it because I had worship music going 6 yeah. days straight. They found I was just standing there in the presence of God. They would just work around me. They did, they were so respectful. Right, right. And now they were like this is totally amazing.
0: This is real.
2: This is real. And um, when he did wake up, they all came in. Yeah. All of them, the neurologists, the cardiologists, it was um, astounding. And what they, when he did wake up, they could do a heart cath because there was no no one knew what happened to him. Right. This vibrant, healthy man who had, didn't have muscle tone, doesn't yeah. have an ounce of fat on him, just strong, they couldn't figure out what happened to him. So once he was a coherent, they did a heart cath and they found that on the back of his heart, it was a widow maker. It had oh. just collapsed. And they call it the Widowmaker because it's the Widowmaker.
0: Yeah. There's like a 1% chance of...
2: Yeah. for So this miracle was he survived the Widowmaker, period. And he survived it without medical care out on the road. Unreal. Then he survived oxygen deprivation that would they thought that he would have to learn how to walk, sit, talk all over again. Yeah. He didn't. He woke up. He was coherent. And then there was another thing. They said, when you have a brain injury, it affects your personality. And they said, be careful because his personality might change. You yeah, he, they,
0: you were worried about him being angry and, and
2: dark and yeah. this whole thing. He's so sweet. I mean, it's just precious. It is one miracle after another. And every single day, we don't take this life for granted. Every day we wake up. And for three and a half hours, I knew what it felt like to be a widow. And I have greatest compassion now for women who have lost their spouses or people that have lost their spouses. But every day is a gift. Every day.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, it, it, and, and, and now there's a whole new future for yeah. you. yeah. A whole new... A, a new page a new season of of with an incredible perspective yes. I mean again you've always had strong faith mm-hmm. but now it's like yes <laughs> ultimate
2: ultimate
1: I just want to uh, encourage everyone you know that's been our whole life experience we've we've tried to build our life on God's word and on faith and you know, one of the things that people said was because they responded quickly and they didn't fall apart. They just tenaciously said, we're going to get a hold of this. And, you know, the Bible says the apostles went to their own company. It's important to be around people of like precious faith. Yeah. People because Pam couldn't do this by herself. Thank God we had other people, you know, that would take a hold of this and were there to support her and she could get in that shell and just get into God's presence and and be a worshipper while other people were there, you know, uh doing the, some of the heavy work in prayer.
0: Yes. Pastor James Dumont, Pam Dumont, thank you so much. Oh, thank and, you. And again, we could go on and on, yeah. but thank you for taking this time and we'll we'll, we'll be interested in what the next chapter brings with your book and with the with the programming on television and so on and all the different opportunities that you get to tell this story
2: it has crossed every denominational line people want to hear our story Mm -hmm. young old rich poor black what it doesn't matter tell us the story it's it's profoundly affecting a lot of people to god be the glory Amen. Amen. Uh,
0: James and Pam Demont. It, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. Stay with us here on the allnewtalkerie.com. Now, Pastor James Demont. He, you know, he kind of has done this radio thing, so he gets the oh, whole yeah. the timing and all that stuff uh, down. But uh, I asked him to stay over as our our 4:30 guest is is not here yet, and so I because I, I'm really really interested in um, you know in uh, just a, just go a little bit deeper on some of the other perspectives because um, you guys, your son and daughter in law are both physicians; mm-hmm. they're medical doctors, yeah. and so like they kind of knew too much yeah. about your condition, Jim. Right, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, they had to have their faith renewed in this mm-hmm. process as well.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, and Pam can tell this. Side of it because as we got toward the end of the week, you know, she could see them going off to the side and having their conversation. And it was coming to, uh, okay, what's the next step going to be here? You know, and they were getting near that conversation. Um, We had just done an end of life
0: uh like a know. dnr kind of thing yeah. or yeah oh my
1: yeah so i'm gonna tear all that up because <laughs> i i that's what i had put i don't want anything you know <laughs> so so you know so they're they're getting off to the side and what that when my grandkids i love my grandkids you know when they came in in their mind that's you know, the parents didn't tell them this, but I know right. this was some of the parents thoughts is this may be the last time they see him.
0: Sure. You know, yeah. like, like when they were coming in to sing, it was, yeah. it was a, 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 swan song basically. Yeah. yeah. And it turned out to be a salvation song, a, oh. a resurrection song. Absolutely. The,
2: and the impact of this with those four kids is profound, but the impact with our, our two kids, our daughter and law and son is remarkable as well. Justin is a physical medicine rehab doctor and he knew what we were facing. Yeah. He works at Mercy Hospital in Pittsburgh and he drove the next morning and came up and started working intensely the whole time. He he spent nine days with us in ICU to get his father's brain working keep him lot. just he knew what he was doing and i began just to watch them get quieter quieter wow and this has changed their walk they are so they've always loved god and they've always walked with god but this is a whole new walk yeah. and now these four children that when they saw this miracle right before their eyes it, it's it's a generational
0: miracle wow wow so so um how how is it that you have very little residual harm? I mean uh, I mean it's it's it, that's, that's, part that's the that's mar- it, that's I mean, part of the I I mean it you know
2: yeah. when they they sent him off to a rehab hospital thinking he would be there for 90 to 120 days sure and the the doctor said the person who had come in right before him Uh, had been without oxygen for about four or five minutes and they had to teach him to sit and he was discharged from the rehab hospital in five days
1: Um, one of the one of the things one of the things that they did was i guess they looked at my brain
2: and this is another thing
1: you can go ahead and tell that
2: Um, When the neurologist, they did a brain scan, and they had Justin there with them, and when they unveiled the brain scan, the neurologist had this look of shock on his face, and he turned to our son, and he says, does your dad take really good care of himself? And is he a learner? And what we saw was the inside of his brain, and how healthy it was and he said there's a scripture that says that we renew our mind by the the word of god Mm -hmm. and he's and the neurologist said that jim had a the mind of a very young man because you've always said i'm immature he's still got the one-liners
0: he had all the tubes and stuff but yeah. he's got the one-liners yeah. oh my
2: so what we saw when this scan came out was a mind that had been renewed yeah. by the word of God it was healthy and had lots of squigglies in it I guess it goes like this and if you as you older you get the squigglies get less and less and less but sure. his was like this and it was well you can't see this on the radio but mm. it was squigglys but it was a very profound moment about what the word will do. Yeah.
1: Hebrews to us. 4:12 says the word of God is alive and it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder soul and spirit and joints in the marrow. So it it works in your life, you know. Mm. Um The the Bible says, you know, the word of God, which effectually worketh in you that believe. So, you know, it's kind of like the scenario, you know, you don't want to wait until you're overweight and out of shape, you know, to to deal with the bully. Yeah, right. You know, you you keep yourself, building up yourself Mm -hmm. in your most, most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit, you know, that's another thing. So. That's why it's important that we are proactive in terms of our of our Christian walk, keeping ourselves uh, healthy spiritually. That's why being involved in a healthy church and yeah. hanging with people with like precious faith, it's, if, it's important.
2: If we didn't have that church, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have my husband. Those people were a family, and they prayed the prayer of faith, and it raised the sick and yeah, the dad
0: yeah,
2: yeah. and it the the thing that it has done for us is our our walk with jesus is like n- unlike any other walk we've ever had before and we've known him our whole life we've walked with him deeply our whole life and it's taken us to a whole new place of relationship and a whole new place of i read the word and it's just alive it's mm. it's just Vibrant and and part of this was a a process that I had gone through uh, the year before or uh, like eleven months prior. I um I wanted to stand on the top of the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem and pray the the prayer where Jesus says He will come back and He's going to separate the sheep's from the goats. I wanted to say, "Are you pleasing with me? Mm-hmm. Are you pleased?" Because Jesus' whole life was pleasing His Father. There were a lot of things that He could have shirked His duty on when in His earthly ministry here, but He didn't. I wanted to have a pure heart. I wanted to have it as clean a slate as all, and just to say, "Jesus, are you pleased with me? Am I a sheep?" And so I went on a that a fifty day quest, and I called it. Philippians 3.10, that I I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And now it's like, I know him. I've seen him in the power of his resurrection. And one of the scriptures that I, in my 50 day quest was from the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And it's like, I didn't see a physical manifestation of Jesus, but I have seen his hand move and, and I'm not saying my heart is pure but I endeavored to purify my heart every single day mm-hmm. and it's a whole new life and doors are opening we're being asked to speak at churches all over and cuz people want to hear the story yeah. we go out in the public and people say tell us the story
0: it's a faith lifting story mm-hmm. i mean for people that are just hanging on to a thread yeah. how how has i mean for both of you uh, how has that changed empathy for sick and for the mm-hmm. the people that are suffering losses mm, yeah has that has that just
1: I, I i think that's it's critical you know um people need to know that He is the Lord that healeth thee. And, you know, do we, in every case, do we see the result that we'd, you know, I have compassion and empathy for people that have experienced disappointment and people that have suffered loss, and our heart goes out to them. But the other side of it is we want to continue to preach the Word of God. We want to build hope and faith in people's life because... Uh, because God is able to do exceeding, abundant, above and beyond what we could ask or think. So it's like Pam said, you know, I'd rather die in faith than live in unbelief. Right? Yeah. You know, I want to put the pressure where God wants us to put the pressure, on His Word. You know, put the pressure on God's Word. He can handle it. Yeah, challenge Him. Challenge Him. This is what Good Friday is about. That's what today mm. is about. Mm. Jesus paid the ultimate price. You know, He said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we want to have that kind of, you know, the the Bible says it calls it the spirit of faith. You know, we have in the same spirit of faith, I believe and I have spoken. That's the kind of people we want to be. We want to build hope and we want to we want to do the works. You know, the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so uh, we we want to do what he calls us to do. And we leave the results in His hands. Mm-hmm. And He's always faithful.
0: So what is the plan? What's, what's the next uh, 24, 36 months look like for you guys?
1: I'm, I'm working on finishing this book. Where I'm I'm doing a book that chronicles our, our whole story. It's called Let's Pray. And uh, so, you know, we're working on that. And we just want to uh, walk in the open doors that God sets before mm-hmm. us and uh, and bring hope and healing and uh, and preach the message that Jesus is alive. Amen. Yeah. This is today's good Friday
0: mm-hmm. but
1: Easter morning. Sunday's coming. Sunday's, Sunday's coming. coming. He came out of the grave, mm-hmm. praise God, with a victory. Wow.
2: And and when we decided that it was time and it was good for the church for us to transition to let it, the church be led by a um, a younger pastor to reach a different generation. Um, I personally thought my teaching, sharing, preaching time was going to diminish. I love women's conferences, and I would teach at a lot of them. I I would teach at, and I just thought thought that that was coming to an end. It has just multiplied. It is like a whole new season. And um, CBN, when they they're doing this and they said are you prepared for what's going to happen this is going to explode your next season of ministry because it's going to go on the 700 Club but it's also going to go on all their international networks they said we have the one producer says I've worked with CBN for 20 years do you know I've seen what's happened do you know what's going to happen to you and it's like we're gonna go anywhere and everywhere every every anybody that wants to hear our story we're not we go to churches not expecting donations or anything but boy if you want to hear the story we're going to tell you
0: yeah yeah and so get your passports all yeah. up to date. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like sounds like some travel. We're talking to uh Pastor James Dumont and Pam Dumont here uh as they as we share the story uh on on this very miracles uh, yes. uh, 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 uh uh day. Uh as we share the story of of a of a true miracle that's it it, it happened last year and it's happening even today. Yes. Because uh uh, uh, the the platform now um, that you uh, that you've been in in endued in, in with the the platform that you've been handed to you it, it this is this is a lot of responsibility. It I is. mean, for people that you know, you know, people your age are you know fixing to hit the golf course, right? You know, that's not that's not in your no, that's not in your plan.
2: To yeah. whom much is given, much is expected. Yeah. Uh, and there isn't a day that we don't have that reverence.
1: And I just wonder if we, before we wrap up, and I'm not sure how much time we have, but I'd like to pray for people that are listening. Sure.
0: Sure. So. Uh, we we have about uh, uh, five minutes. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, and, and and so the CBN is coming on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And when do they want to air that? CBN?
2: Um, They were, they're going to hold it pri- Possibly, they haven't made the final decision till September.
0: Okay, and that's when their prayer week. When they that's when their prayer when week. They might show it guests, sooner, yeah.
2: but they all want to save it well, for that prayer.
0: I don't know week. whether they'll
1: have it all together because they're going down to Pittsburgh to interview our our son, oh,
0: and then wow. they're going they go,
2: to Maine yeah. to interview the doctors.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, and explain. You know, even even in Maine, I've been telling our listeners this is kind of a regional phenomenon. You know, the the uh, the newspaper called. The hospital, right? Uh, What was it? The Portland paper? Which paper was it? It was Banger.
2: It was the Lewiston Sun. Lewiston, okay. Had called the hospital looking for a Christmas miracle story, and the hospital said, "Do we have a story for you?"
3: (laughs) Got
0: that. Got that handled. (laughs) Put it on the front page of the Lewiston Daily. Christmas Eve. Yeah. 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 So again, you know, for us that are faith people yeah it, it it's amazing to you know thank god we live in a country where this is not that we can talk about it on yeah. the radio and in yeah. the newspaper number yeah. one yeah but also just the idea that you know that our that our country is not too far gone mm. that our people are not too far gone that they can that that this power that's right. of, of 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 christ yeah. that's right is, is 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 still able to change lives every day yeah yeah Every you day. know,
1: and and that's what we need. We need to preach the word of God, because it's be instant in season, and out of season. Mm-hmm. You know, the Apostle Paul in this scripture, Philippians chapter three, that Pam has mentioned that God put on her heart. Paul, after thirty years of ministry, is still saying that I may know Him. Yeah, and the power of His resurrection, and that's that's the critical thing. You know, we as Preachers and teachers of the word of God, we need to, you know, not be afraid to proclaim, you know, look and see what the Lord has done. And, and uh, because as bold as we are to preach the word of God, uh, God will confirm. He worked with the disciples and he confirmed the word and they preached the word boldly. They, in fact, they prayed. They said, you know, Lord, anoint us that we may preach your word with boldness. That's what they yeah. did when things get tough and things were pressing in on them. They said, God, give us boldness. And and, and that is the critical thing. And I pray for pastors and and for leaders. For Why don't leaders. you go ahead
0: and pray? We have one minute, Jim.
1: Okay, Father, we just we just thank you that unless the Lord builds the house, they yes. labor in vain. And Father, none of us want our work. Those of us that know you and love you, God, none of us want our labor to be in vain, and our labor is never in vain in the Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will grant boldness. Father, as we're coming up on Easter weekend, anoint your servants. Anoint, Father, those that will be standing in pulpits to minister. Father, give them utterance. Father, give them, Father, courage to teach and preach God's Word. Father, for all of us today, Father, thank you that we can know you In the power of your resurrection. Father, give us a heart uh, to, to pursue. And Father, ears to hear. Father, in this day, in these days, may your glory shine. May this be the brightest hour of the church, Father. Give us courage to be faithful stewards of the Word of God that's been entrusted to us. Father, for this radio station, Father, Father, we just thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' marvelous and mighty name, I pray. Amen.
0: Yes, this this is, uh, this is real life that we're uh, hearing about, and this is... A real faith that we're hearing, and it's very appropriate to hear this on this program uh, today, on this Good Friday. I'm Joel Natale. I'm here with Shaney Bills, uh, Haven Bills, Paul Bills. It's the Bill family trio. We're missing Hadley Bills. 75% here. And Dollar Bills, (laughs) y'all.
4: You don't want dollar bills no. coming in here. Trust me on that one. <laughs> There's not
0: enough Febreze for this office, we, and we start s- singing Smelly Cat. So yeah, all right. So right. I want to I want to keep keep it uh, on on the on the high note because uh, we just came off of an hour of true inspiration, uh, hearing the story of uh, Pastor James Dumont and his uh, recovery from. Uh, you know a death experience and now
4: from a widowmaker
0: from a widowmaker
4: cardiac arrest oh my oh gosh my that that what whole story. story just blew me away yeah wow
0: wow so yeah that'll be on the podcast next week you want to listen for that if you missed it we have Haven Bills with us here and Haven you're a very special young lady aren't you
3: um, you
0: could say so, I guess. <laughs> okay, so I I, I I guess we need to start at the beginning, but it's a very good place to start. When you begin, you begin your ABCs. Again, it's Broadway, Shane. You didn't pick up on it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I you, could your sing. Do re Me's it. Sure, right? Do re, um, All right, so so Haven, um, mommy, why don't we start? What what what
4: what, what happened? What happened? Right? What oh, yeah. happened?
5: How did start? Okay,
4: start. well, it started in 2011. I should preface this with Haven is 12 currently. Okay, so this uh, this became an issue in 2011, May of 2011, uh, right around the time of her birthday. It was actually right before her fifth birthday, so she's just about to turn five. And I was giving her a bath one night, and I noticed that all of a sudden and it seriously seemed to me like it was an overnight thing i'm giving her a bath and i notice her back is curved like a like an s like a almost like a like question mark all of mark. a sudden all of a sudden out of absolutely nowhere
0: and she was very thin so it was very easy to see so yeah it wasn't there yesterday right
4: not so. that i noticed Although, if I go back and look at pictures, although I think that those pictures are all from the summer after we knew and noticed, you know, at the very beginning uh, that uh, that her her back was curving like that. Um, She's standing in pictures very, very twisted and you can see it. You can see it through her clothes. You can see it, you know, especially if she was in a bathing suit. It was just it was curved horribly. So I took her to our family doctor. Family doctor referred us over to Shriners. And Shriners uh, met with us and looked at her back and said, this is basically idiopathic scoliosis, meaning it has no reason, no cause. They didn't know why Uh, her back was curved like that. But that's the way that it happens. And she was at a 52 degree curve. This was in May of 2011. Once you go over 35 degrees, there is no going back. It won't correct itself, even with bracing. The only solution to that at that point would be surgery. Um, And it would start pressing on all of her internal organs as she got older. It would just keep getting worse because she was fighting gravity. She was curved that much, and I'll I'll post the picture on Facebook. And 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 they don't know why
0: this would happen.
4: Idiopathic scoliosis just means that it is something that just happens. It is oh yeah, just an inherited thing. But um
0: I mean doesn't like uh, cartilage have to compress and then other cartilage expand I mean, at that, point, expand? We, I mean at, at that point we really weren't sure and
5: yeah. they weren't either and there was more cause that came down the road but gotcha. we you know at that point all we knew was she had scoliosis we were going to Shriners And And
4: Shriners told us at that initial appointment, after looking at her and X-raying her, they said that the only way to even hold this curve and try to straighten her out was to put her in a body cast. Oh,
0: my goodness.
4: For six years.
0: A five-year-old.
4: A five-year-old. They wanted to take from ages five to ages 11 for her and put her in a body cast, a plaster prison, basically. Where she couldn't swim, couldn't take an actual bath, none of it, for five years.
5: I was actually talking to people that I work with that build houses that to come in and put in like a um, a sink, like a beautician would have, that she could lay back so we could just wash her hair, you know, into our
0: house. Like so, you guys were contemplating this. Yeah, yes. every, we had to think about this, what this we were going to do. What they were prescribing, right?
4: But I just would not accept. That diagnosis, you know, it, here was a, a perfect child. She, you know, her back was perfectly straight one day, and then one day it was 52 degrees and she was hunched over like a, a, a little old woman. So I really did not accept that diagnosis. And I started calling, like Cleveland Clinic, I called Pittsburgh Children's. I, I was calling Philadelphia, all over the country. I was calling, trying to figure out, you know, what else could we do? Uh, besides body cast this child for for six years and all of those places uh, they called back to Shriners and said because they get referrals from Shriners all the time and Shriners is one of their consulting uh, physicians so unbeknownst to me Pittsburgh Children's and Cleveland Clinic or Rainbow Children's I think is what it's called there they called back to Shriners and said, look, you've got this mom that is just not accepting this diagnosis. You need to talk to her and and figure out what is actually going on. Um, so the plan was at that point to uh, not even do an MRI to find the root cause because they were just assuming this was idiopathic scoliosis, no cause. So they said... Um, you know, we we're we not going to do the MRI until we're about to body cast her because um, a child that young can't hold still right. for the 45 minutes that it takes to do an MRI. So they were not going to do the MRI until they were in the process of body casting her because they would have to put her out for either of those procedures. And they didn't want to do it twice. So this one nurse, the X, one of the x-ray uh techs at Shriners called me personally and it was in the evening even and she said look I know that you've been calling around and I know that they don't want to do this MRI until you know much later until they're going to do this casting I'm telling you you need to pursue this and and get the MRI sooner so I'm going to help you I'm going to give you the people to talk to and, and she really guided us through the process. And this was a nurse. This wasn't one of right. the doctors. Right. This was yeah. somebody who was just a concerned nurse. And uh, so she ended up getting us to the point where we got the MRI in sometime early in the summer. It was like June, mm-hmm. I think, of 2011. We got this MRI. And then after the MRI, we got a phone call. Yeah. And all the phone call said was, we see something. On the MRI. So then at that point, we are completely losing our minds because when you have a doctor call you and say, we see something, what do you, what do you see?
0: What are you seeing? Yeah. Is it but cancer in, there... in
4: her spine? What What is it?
5: When in that, it was not funny, but ironic. I said, we decided, because they told us, you know, it's probably nothing. We're going to do the MRI because we want to make sure it's not something like a tumor or something. But they said that the chances of something odd is very slim so i didn't take the day off of work shanie took her by herself so just that was sort of a lesson don't not go you know <laughs> t- take, right, the, right. take the day off of work wow. so you know because when i got the call at work
0: and they called Chaney and said you know they saw something then you know i and they wouldn't have seen anything unless you pushed for that MRI. right
4: not until the wow. day that they yeah. were putting on a body okay. cast was the plan
0: all right, so they saw so, something.
4: So they saw something. So we get this call, and uh, they schedule another uh, meeting with us with Dr. Elizabeth Tyler Kabara. And was that at Shriners or was that at it was, at the Barber Center? It was
5: at the Barber Center.
4: At the Barber Center. She's at a that Pittsburgh
5: time. neurosurgeon that held office hours every a couple times a month up here at the at the Barber Center.
4: So they send us there. We met Dr. Elizabeth Tyler kabara and uh, she read the MRI to us and said, um, "This is something called uh, Chiari malformation. Uh, your Chiari, in your everyone has a, a Chiari in their head, and it's basically at the base of your skull, and it's like a tripod. It looks like this, and it holds your brain up in place, and it creates like a, a hole." between your spine and your brain that allows the spinal fluid to kind of cycle through, okay? Um, hers was spread apart like this, her Chiari. And so her head was, her brain was actually herniating down in through the base of her skull, blocking the flow of spinal fluid, fluid, and that was curving her spine. It was the pooling oh my.
5: of the spinal fluid. Because her body was overproducing the yes. fluid because her brain wasn't getting it in that cycle because of the blockage. So her body thought, well, I better make more because she needs it. Well, it was never getting to her brain. It was just bending her skull, almost drying out her brain.
4: It was. They told us afterward that there was no, there was virtually nothing flowing around her brain. No fluid. Is this
0: an extremely rare diagnosis? It is very rare. Especially
5: in a, yeah. in a young kid. There a, a, a lot of times you find it when you're in your early 20s mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you're dizzy or you faint or you pass out. And that's where they find it or you have
0: headaches. It's rare when you find it when you're, you know, four and a half or five years yeah. old. Wow. Like Haven was. We're talking to the Bills family. We're talking to Shaney Bills, my producer, Haven Bills and Paul Bills. About her miracle story, because we know that it ends up well. But (laughs) right now, we're really scared. Uh, We're with Mommy, and we're scared. That's crazy.
4: Right. So at this point, now, instead of looking at future spinal surgery, where they have to correct her scoliosis by putting rods and pins uh, into her spine to hold that curve straight after the body casting. So this is like a really just a lifetime of, of surgeries and, and trouble for her. Um, so now, instead of spinal surgery, now we're staring down the barrel of brain surgery on our five-year-old. Mm. Right. <laughs> so we end up, um, let's see, going to Pittsburgh Children's with Dr. Elizabeth Tyler Cabara, who did this surgery, and it was like six hours uh, to, to take care of this surgery what they ended up doing was removing the top vertebrae or two and honestly i i was emotionally just checked out during that surgery so i really don't remember much of that whole conversation um but they removed uh at least one of her vertebrae at the base of her skull and um that allowed for the fluid to flow again and uh so the surgery was a success but she has like you can see it. She has a scar underneath her hair, from the center of yep, from the center of her head, yeah. in the back, all the way down to her her little neck. That little five year old. Um, but yeah, so she's she's short by a vertebrae.
5: But when she the, the Elizabeth Talikwe, Tyler- <laughs> the doctor, she told us that um, when she removed the back part, portion of her skull, and she kind of said you know she did kind of her work on the on the bones to re-prop her brain back up into her head she said it was almost like a magic trick she said she she was just working on something else and looked over and her brain all of a sudden started pulsing like it's supposed to wow. with her heartbeat and she said it wasn't she said it was stagnant there was no movement in her brain and it should every time your heart beats your you know there should be it's like a a siphoning system of a brain fluid True. and she had none and all she said all of a sudden it was she said it was really cool so for even her to you yeah. know
0: say you know how cool that and, was and haven do you remember any like blacking out or or any any of? You know, again this is a long time ago for yeah. you and but uh you know did you have any brain issues be- before you had this uh remedy
3: um No, I would mostly just get headaches. Okay. I wouldn't really get anything else. I wouldn't pass out. I wouldn't black out. I would just get a lot of headaches, and my back would hurt just because of the scoliosis in my back. And just my head would—I would get these really weird, like, sensations in my legs and my arms, and they would sure. fall asleep every now and then. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of weird, and that's what it, it slowly started as. Okay. And then the that's scoliosis— That's when you kind
0: of started figuring out what was yeah. going on. All right, so six-hour surgery. Well, And I six felt that
3: because, surgery.
5: you know, she would complain often that her legs hurt. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Yeah, and I, kids, I,
0: kids that age have growing pains. Well, and I told her, I said, yeah.
5: she'd c- complain about walking up the stairs. And I would yeah. say, Haven, hey, you're four-way, you're working 40 hours a week. Then you complain <laughs> about your legs hurting. <laughs> you know, and then we find this out. I feel oh, terrible. Man. And one of our friends who's a family doctor, he said, you know, if if you know you know how many kids i see in a week and how many of them tell me their legs hurt he's at every single one of them so he's like i would have never put you through all Absolutely of the testing not. thinking something was wrong so mm-hmm. he was trying to reassure us not to
0: be so hard on ourselves about that
4: but through all of this too uh, and stop me when you have to no until, I, I i'm okay. gonna
0: we're gonna go all the way to the bottom here okay
4: Uh, Well, through all of this, they had told us, Dr. Tyler Cabara told us and Shriners told us, every doctor we had talked to said, um, even after we do this surgery, and we're assuming it will be a success, you know, we have done several of these surgeries and it should be perfectly fine, as terrifying as that is, even after we do this. The scoliosis is collateral damage. That's not going to reverse itself because she had gone too far. She was already at 52 degrees. Anything past 35 is fighting gravity. There was no going back. So they said, you're still going to have
0: to. Or defying gravity. Defying
4: gravity. (laughs) Yes, we could sing
0: that. I had to do that.
4: (laughs) She even could sing that for you too. Um, But we were still facing the prospect of either having to brace her
3: Wow. or cast yeah. her
4: although i was adamantly against the the casting the that casting. just seemed barbaric right well and totally the nurses barbaric. in pittsburgh
5: really were pushing the do, do the rods because you know it's a surgery sure but you know it's a you know a couple of week recovery and you can go about being a kid you can still swim you can still take a bath yeah. you know and you have to have surgeries every couple of years to extend the rods but to them and even to us at that point you know that was going to be worth it to us to
0: you and know, this was going to be a ride to try to straighten up the correct, back. Right, her, to her. straighten
4: that curve. Yeah. Um. So we were still having to deal with that whole idea. So in the weeks following her surgery, um, she was home in, I think, five days from Pittsburgh Children's, and she was doing remarkably well, you know. But in, like, the months following that surgery, I kept looking at her back going, I don't know if this is wishful thinking, but... I think that it looks a lot straighter than it was before. Uh, and I, I just, uh. yeah, I, I just kept studying her and thinking, I I must be crazy. You know, it, like they told us there's no way yes. that it will reverse.
5: Like they had no record of it ever no. coming back.
4: Yeah. Coming back. Now, she did say,
5: Do- Dr. Cabare did say one day in one of our office visits, she said, you know, we've never had one go back the other way. She's like, that doesn't mean she can't be the first. But we've never had that. So, you know, we'll have to deal with, you know, the back curve, you know, after after the once the once we fix the problem. So,
4: yeah. So in those months, I just kept thinking she's looking better and better and better. So we went in for her first of the follow ups and she had an x-ray. And this was in December. Yeah, Right before Christmas. Of 2011. So three months after her surgery. We had this X-ray, and so the I'm looking at the X-ray because they brought it up, they put it up on the screen, and then left me alone with it in the room. Me and Haven, we're sitting there. Hey me, I was there. Yeah, we're right, and we're we're waiting, we're waiting for doctors to come in and tell us what does this mean. But we're looking at it, going, that looks a lot better than yeah, than no. it did before. But he I had know? a
5: really strange kind of look on his face, like you know as a well, parent well this was
4: the next one so the, the the last of the x-rays was the big deal
1: yeah
5: right go okay go ahead
4: okay so doctor finally comes in and says well her curve is down to 23
0: like in half in right.
4: half it reduced by 19 degrees and again when
0: we're talking about degrees we're talking about yes. degrees of curvature yes. reduced in half
4: yep just went, by three months too. In
0: three months.
4: By Christmas. Yes. This was December of two thousand eleven, went That's, down to twenty three. Yeah, this is something the,
0: that the that the famous doctor that goes from <laughs> Pittsburgh Children's <laughs> that goes up to the barber center has never seen before. Well and she you know,
5: yeah. And well and it was that it was that appointment where he like left and left us and came back in with, you know, five other doctors and ten nurses and we're thinking, Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. You know bad, how bad is bad it? Bad news, yeah.
5: And he said he told us he said, you know, I had to bring other people in because we don't really get to say this very often. <laughs> you know, we don't have these good stories. So, he wanted everybody to be in the room to see us our reaction.
4: Yeah, but you know. to go down to 23, 20 is the braceable number. 20 is the number to beat. So, she was at 23. So, at that point, they said, let's wait. Let's hold on. Let's let's wait. And we'll do another x-ray at a later date and see what happens because we've not seen this before. Who knows? You know, maybe we won't have to do anything about this.
3: At that appointment, like, when they told us that it was down to 23, I remember mom, like, she stood up and she looked at it and she was like, yeah. And And then she was like, almost crying i think you were crying and then you said i'm going to pass out i might need a doctor for myself <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i got up to go look very carefully at those x-rays to make sure that it was her
0: yeah,
4: yeah. you know that they were both
0: right. having sure her name it, on it yeah that it wasn't it, right? it wasn't some kind of a mess up in in the right. in the x-ray room do you remember haven like life getting a little bit better post op I-
3: I remember, like, I was in pain for, like, the next month, obviously, but it started to get better. And then I noticed that my back wasn't hurting as much as it was. Yeah. I remember I just was thinking... Like, was like,
0: running a little bit easier yeah, or
3: and picking day, up stuff? I was walking around in my room, and I, and I just noticed, like, my back usually hurts when I mm. walk around too much. Yeah. And then, like, I noticed it's not hurting. Like, why is it not hurting? And... I And I thought, like, maybe is that bad? Like, yeah. I, that might be bad. So I didn't tell anyone. Okay. Because I thought that that was bad news. Mm-hmm. So I just, like, kind of left it alone. And then when I realized that it was good news, I was like, oh, okay. Good. Yeah.
0: We, we're we getting down to the last couple minutes. Okay. So w- All right. what happens?
4: So April 2014, one of the next of the x-rays that we had. Okay. So a couple years later. Down to eleven wow. degrees, so not braceable. She never; they're she not going to do anything.
0: She never braced it.
4: Never braced it.
0: And what? What no. are, are most of us walking around with? Just some some curvature of our back. Yeah. I don't
4: know. I guess yeah. so, but I'm not sure. You know, it's it's not uh, it's something that you have to deal with until you hit about twenty. Do, do
0: you? Uh, so so so, where does the faith piece come in on all this?
4: Well, I got to tell you what happened in April 2016. Go. After that, we went from 11 degrees to nothing. Wow. Zero. Absolutely zero. So I've got pictures of of the comparison of the three x-rays, which are amazing. So we had how many churches? Many. Koinonia. um, Practically everyone that we have ever known. Yeah. Praying for us, praying for her, praying for a miracle, and boy, she's she's living it. That's right?
0: amazing. It, you you guys are, I mean, a lot of people are rooting for the Bills family. If, if brain surgeries <laughs> were sandwiches, our next one would be free.
4: <laughs> oh, I would really prefer not to. Yeah,
5: yeah, let's not do let's that, not. Paul. Oh my goodness. <laughs>